My name is Dean Proctor, and welcome to today's episode of the What Is This? podcast. In late 2019, I came into possession of several thousand 45 RPM records from the 1950s to 1980s. In excitedly pulling them from the boxes to examine them, and having been a music fan for my whole life, many of these artists and their records were familiar to me. At other times, though, I found myself, after putting one on a record player, asking, what is this? This podcast, focusing on rare records and odd audio from my own collection, complete with their pops, crackles, and Q-burn intact, is an attempt to answer that question. What is this? Well, on this episode of the What Is This podcast, it's all about the music. It's about the players. It's about the instrumentalists. No singers this time around. No lyrics to ponder. It's just music. We did a bit of this uh, back in episode six when we were talking about television theme songs. And we heard a number of instrumentals in that episode, uh, like the theme to Dragnet, uh, the theme to Peter Gunn, even the Rockford Files. Songs without singers, no lyrics, just the music. That's this episode of the What Is This podcast. And since we almost exclusively look at records from the 1950s to 1980s, because, well, that's what's in my record collection, there are a ton of well-known instrumental songs to choose from. Like this one from 1958. Tequila by The Champs, that's on the Eric record label. Or how about The Stringalongs from 1960, a song that was on the Warwick label here in Canada and simply called Weagles. The following year brought Jorgen Inman's much-covered 1961 instrumental called Apache. What list of instrumentals would be complete without this huge hit from 1963 on the Dot record label for the Surfaris?
So those are just four of the most well-known, biggest-selling instrumental hits of all time. But there are so many others, and some really odd ones too. Let's go back to 1959. This release in Canada was on the Spartan label, and it was by an instrumental group known as The Virtues. Its name was Guitar Boogie Shuffle, and it had been previously released back in 1953 by guitarist Billy Moore under the name The Supersonics, and as well there was a version by a group called The Esquire Boys that same year. But that Virtues 1959 Spartan version, serial number 4715R, went to number 5 on the Billboard Hot 100. And 1959 was also the year that this twangy instrumental was on the charts. called The Lonely One. That song was a top 30 hit that year for Dwayne Eddy, and just a few years later, this one went to number 12. With his earlier releases being on the London label here in Canada, that one, called Dance with the Guitar Man, was an RCA Victor release. In 1963, a collection of Los Angeles musicians, including members of the world-famous Wrecking Crew, released an instrumental reworking of the television theme song, The Outer Limits. The Outer Limits was even what that song was called when it was first issued, but under threat of litigation from Rod Serling and the TV producers, the title was changed to Out of Limits when it was issued on the Warner Brothers record label under the name The Marquettes. And that song went to number three in 1963. Do you remember the TV show The Dating Game? A game show developed by Chuck Barris, who would later give the world the gong show. Well, that show used a number of different instrumental tracks as incidental music on the show. And most of them were recorded by the same group, Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass. Now, if you watched that show, you would regularly hear Herb Alpert's Lollipops and Roses. You'd hear Spanish Flea. And you'd hear this one. (laughs) 
That was called whipped cream. And as familiar and instrumental as it might be today, it barely broke the top 70 back in 1965. In 1966, Bob Crew, he had been the driving force behind the success of Frankie Valli in the Four Seasons, released a first song under his own name. Now, it was an instrumental. It started out as a jingle demo for a Diet Pepsi commercial. Bob Crew released it in Canada on the Bell label under the title Music to Watch Girls By. So that instrumental by Bob Crew Generation went to number 15 on the pop chart and number two on the easy listening chart. My copy is a Dutch release on the stateside label. Well, instrumental music was still making regular appearances on the pop charts through the 1970s, and I'm not even talking about the innumerable disco instrumentals that were littering the airwaves. In 1972, for example, Apollo 100, now they were a short-lived British instrumental studio-based group, they had a top 10 song written by Johann Sebastian Bach. It was simply called Joy. In late 1974, AWB, the average white band, put out their second album, and a track that got the most attention was this one. called Pick Up the Pieces. It went to the top of the U.S. singles charts, peaked at number five on the soul charts, and in Canada went to number four in 1975. Well, piano instrumentals, they had their moment in the sun in the mid-70s too. Marvin Hamlish released the instrumental called The Entertainer in 1974. It was a turn-of-the-century song written by Scott Joplin, and it had been the theme song of the movie The Sting. won an Academy Award for that song. And here in Canada, pianist Frank Mills first released his piano piece called Music Box Dancer in 1974. Well, it was re-released four years after that and became a monster hit. 
by January 1979, Music Box Dancer was on number three on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, also number three on the Canadian Adult Contemporary chart, but on the pop charts, just number 47. There are many, many more instrumentals that could have made this episode, but the one I wanted to end off with came out in 1977, and it's what got me thinking about these instrumentals. It was released on an album that was called, now get this title, Star Wars and Other Galactic Funk, released by Miko, and it's classic. It's a super cheesy version of the Star Wars theme. So that disco-fied version of the theme to the movie Star Wars came out in Canada on the Millennium record label. Now Discogs, the record collecting database, says if you can secure a copy of that 45 on the Millennium label, it's worth a whole buck 25. So you know, it has that going for it too. So whether they featured the Wrecking Crew, that top-notch group of studio musicians from LA in the 60s, or the Funk Brothers, the Motown house band of the 1960s, there was a lot going on musically from the 1950s to 1980s, more than just nice vocals and clever marketing. There were in fact plenty of hit songs without singers, great records without lyrics, classic 45s that featured music, music, and nothing but music. What Is This is a podcast focusing on rare records and odd audio from my own collection of 45 RPM records. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with your own social media circles and encouraging others to subscribe. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode, or any episode for that matter, email me at deanproctor at gmail.com. That's Dean with an E. And until next time, thanks for listening.